0: Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of What Were You Thinking? This episode is the final for season number three. I can't believe I've been doing this podcast for three years. Boy, does time ever go quickly. I am bringing you an interview where I was interviewed by Karen Sokoloff, who runs the Tiny ABC, which stands for This Is Not Your Average Book Club out of Toronto. It's a virtual book club. It's amazing. She was on my podcast earlier this year and I will post a link to that interview in the show notes. But her book club is unlike anything I've ever experienced. So it's a paid model. So people pay a monthly fee and they get access to an incredible lineup of author interviews, book chats, special events. It's a really engaging and fun environment, and I was super pleased that Karen invited me to participate in an author event that really just featured me and my three memoirs at the time. And because this will be my last episode uh, until the new year, because Christmas is coming up really quick, I'd like to invite you to check out my middle grade debut novel. It's called Shift and it's available on all platforms. You could even go to your local bookstore, your local independent bookstore, and they will order it in for you. It makes a wonderful teacher's gift because, hey, teachers need books in their classrooms and a great gift for any child between the ages of eight and 12. If you have a kid who is kind of interested in science or really uh, pays attention to the environment. I think young readers will really enjoy meeting Dax Masters and following him on his journey as he uncovers some environmental anomalies that he is inspired to explore for his science fair project because his agenda is to get to the big event, the annual Innovative Science Convention, where the best minds in elementary school science gather to present their findings this is book one in a duology book two comes out next year so get the jump on this series with Dax Masters it's called shift and available wherever books are sold and now on to the interview my fun hour with Karen Sokoloff and the members of the tiny ABC this is not your average book club What Were You Thinking? The podcast that goes beyond the pages of the books we love. I'm your host, Dana Goldstein, and I invite you to join me as we ask authors to share the story behind their stories. Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's. I only have one
1: copy. Uh, I have murder on my mind because somebody I gave my copy of Spent to, and I gave the girl in the gold bikini to somebody else, right, to Donna. Donna. And you can tell by the way she writes, she's fun. Uh, She talks a lot about her mother also and her upbringing. And um, she's just a really fun girl. Let's just have fun. She's very funny and very witty. And um, I think we'll enjoy. So let's let her in. There she is. You're muted. Unmute yourself, please. Oh, she's got a good microphone also. (laughs) Hello. So before we start, I will ask you yet again, is it Dana, is it Dana? it's dana it's dana so if i call you dana just like correct me like okay hi hi i do (laughs) in case anybody doesn't remember by the way my first podcast interview was with i'll see how bad i am dana dana yes yes okay was with dana if you haven't listened to it Feel free. I will send you the link. We're going to talk about your podcast as well, too. It was a fabulous experience that uh, my parents were very proud of and proud to listen to because you're so easy and so much fun. And welcome to Tiny ABC. Now this is my turn,
0: right? Yay. Yes. Thank you.
1: So we're going to start as we do every Tiny ABC, start and end every Tiny ABC event. Uh, Everybody is muted now. We start with our thunderous round of applause. It's very effective, very moving sometimes. And um, as we normally, sometimes there's more of us, sometimes there's less. What we do is everybody starts off muted. So you and I can have a conversation. And then the more comfortable we get, or the braver that everybody gets, which it has been over three years, still pretty shy, but uh, they're getting there. We're all getting there. Um, They ask questions. So we'll just kind of run with it. I decided that this is going to be my most casual interview because my memory of you was so much fun. And I just kind of wrote down some notes and thought, well, we're just going to go with it because that's who you are. So hi. I'm, I'm all in. You are all in. I know yeah. that. So remind everybody again, if I have not told them, um, where are you living right now? Calgary. Calgary. So what yes. time is it there right now?
0: It is now 5.13. I'm two hours behind. You're two hours behind.
1: Okay. Yes. But so as opposed to uh, me reading something, why don't you tell us just a little bit about you? You're a Toronto girl. born. And bred. I
0: am. Yeah. Born yes. and bred and schooled uh, yes. right through to post-secondary. Um, right. I went to Bialik Hebrew day school. Right. Uh, yeah. And then I went to U of T and then, uh, my husband and I ended up moving out to Calgary in 2005 for the first time, right. uh, we moved back and forth across the country four times in seven years. So, uh, we went, Was that fun? Uh, you know what, we had two little kids and so it, not so fun. Well, here's the thing. So we were moved, they were company moves, so I didn't really have to lift a finger which it. was great oh. they packed and then they unpacked wow yeah Carol, which was-
1: carol's like saying that would work for her right because she's <laughs> about to do a move like that but yeah. not a company move
0: yeah so um it was the be- it was it was kind of easy um so we came back here so we went uh toronto to calgary calgary uh to vancouver vancouver back to toronto and then toronto back to calgary yeah so- and we've We've been back in Calgary since 2012.
1: So where's your heart? Where's home? You
0: know what? I will say honestly, uh, Calgary. I like I. The first time I landed in Calgary was in March 2005, and right. it was cold and brown. And I thought, how am I going to live here? That was my first thought. How am I going to live here? And then after moving so many times, uh, when we had the opportunity to come back to Calgary, I was like, I was all over it. Cause I love it out here. I love the. I'm a mountain girl. Um, and I love that like an hour away and, you know, we can get lost in the woods and hike in the mountains. And,
1: and what about the people? What about community? I know, like in one of your books, I read all three in one of them, there was that initial struggle, right? Yes. Yes. Or fit in.
0: Yeah. So I, I have, I have a good circle of friends, uh, out here that, um, when we we left Calgary in 2008 and when we came back it no yeah, we left 2008 when we came back in 2012 um they were just like we just picked up where we left off. So it's yeah, it's been really nice and we all kind of bonded over uh, on a website. Uh, that was all for parenting and moms and it was local
1: right so
0: you know all our kids now <laughs> they're like I, I used to have all the moms and the babies in my house on Monday mornings there would be like 30 babies and, and moms oh in my, my house God. every Monday morning Wow. and and it was it was fantastic and now like all our kids are like big well, blowing flying the coop they're all going to university and it's just like how did that happen mm-hmm. so Emptiness. yeah so that's like the that's the history of how I ended up in Calgary um mm-hmm. and as for writing you know I've always been a storyteller from a young age um I ended up pursuing a degree in journalism, and I did reporting and features writing for a long time. And then uh, in the 90s, when the market crashed, actually much similar to what we're seeing now, where newspapers are shuttering and, pardon me, and uh, television stations are laying off staff like crazy. It was the same thing back in the 90s. Interesting. So I pivoted away from writing. And, you know, did you miss it? You know what, I did miss it, but bills had to be paid. So, you know, I had to grow up and do the things I needed to do. And then I had two babies 14 months apart. Okay. So I was I was busy and tired and um not really looking for any any writing work. But what happened was um this online community that I found out here in Calgary, I it was like a bulletin board. It was like really early internet days.
1: Right. An AOL. Kind
0: of, yeah, kinda. Of. And we had a bulletin board. And I just started writing stories about being a parent of two under two. Um, and just like the daily struggles. And it's and within a week, like people were like, okay, is there more? Is there more? Oh. So I started, that's how I got back into writing again was through this website where every couple of weeks I would post something else like it would be you know about my kid having all the best toys but wanting to play with the stuff in the dishwasher or the Tupperware like you know just those common experiences.
1: But common but you know what when you see it in print you have the sense of community like oh god it's not just me and it is comforting I mean when you read anything right I mean that's what it's all about is is to find something that connects you to either the characters or or you know what they're doing or how they're doing it not everybody can do that
0: (laughs) yeah I guess not
1: (laughs) so now again um you were Uh, generous enough to send me three copies. I will tell you that this is the only one I have left because the other two got taken, not taken. I shared them. Fantastic. Uh, I I kept murder on my mind because honestly, this was the funniest of them all. Even though I love, I read The Girl in the the Gold Bikini first because I'm a little anal and I felt it had to be read first to kind of get the background. And the whole overnight camp, the kissing, Mm. everything was too relatable um, <laughs> right <laughs> in, in the best way i mean funny awkward um but this and i know carol's gonna weigh in on this after i mean you know what really really honest and then spent was i thought well i'm not going to be able to relate to that because i haven't really worked in retail but i loved it and i it was relatable and we'll talk about those three a little bit but you write about so many different things. And now, of course, you've just released Shift, which yep. I want to show us. Right and, here. And I understand. I saw if you don't follow her on social media, was it sold out
0: the other day? Or- yes. Yes. Uh, So uh, I think about three days after it launched, it was sold out on uh, Amazon. How large is your family, Dana? Like, seriously, like how many uncles and aunts did you have to reach
2: out to to buy the book? (laughs)
0: Let me tell you, from a perspective of somebody who's already published, who's published now four books, your family is the last ones who will buy the book or and read it also right Right, and read it like you know i don't care if if they never read it but like at least buy the book so with yeah with the girl in the gold bikini i mean i have i don't know there's like 20 people between cousins aunts uncles um and my cousins my age who have kids who are my kid like my kids age or teenagers are in their 20s I can tell you that two books were bought by all those people and shared among everybody. <laughs>
1: Isn't family great, right? I know, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? They're probably no. just that you didn't talk about them. So if well, you didn't talk about them, I mean, you talked about your mother, yeah. you know, um, and again, like just yeah.
2: so Just relatable. tell the lawyer, just tell the lawyer cousin, you didn't buy my book. Give me free advice or the dentist cousin. <laughs> yes. You didn't buy my book, throw my teeth. That's right.
0: <laughs> sure. That's- yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why it sold out. So, I mean, it didn't sell out because of, of my family. And then a couple of days ago, so it launched on the 29th of August. So it's right. almost a month. And I saw a couple of days ago that there were eight copies left at Amazon.com, but more on the way. So so how uh, about
1: tell us a little bit about Shift. Again, it's, it's written for like the demographic that it's written for and then what it's about and then why you decided to okay. give it there.
0: <laughs> OK, so uh, Shift is for uh, middle grade readers, eight to 12 year olds, and it's about a, a 12 year old boy named Dax masters who sees the world through the eyes of science. So he thinks differently. Um, He starts to notice some things happening in his community. It starts with an earthquake. It's all set in in Calgary and Canada. Uh, And um, so an earthquake happens in Calgary, which is what sort of the catalyst for him thinking, well, we're not on any fault lines. Like, What's going on? So he starts like noticing things and he comes to the conclusion. And this is like perfect timing for Dax because the science fair is coming up right. and he really didn't know what to do. And for a kid who loves science, the science fair is like a big deal. Right. And, you know, it, in in um, at the age that he's at that particular year, it's really important because the best science fair projects have a chance to go to this big international or sorry, this big national convention called the Innovative Science Convention.
1: I'm thinking like rocket yeah. boys like that. I'm picturing right, like Yeah, that. like
0: it's right. it's a big deal for him. So the, the timing is perfect. He's figuring stuff out. And then he thinks that he has identified a big problem with the planet. But now the challenge is to get everybody to listen to him because he's 12. Does
1: this take right. place present day? Like it takes yes. place? yeah uh, So is there
0: COVID references in it? Like like None. No, so I started writing this book in the summer of 2017, Ah, just to tell you, like, just so you could see how long the process was, but in 20, so I started writing it after I published The Girl in the Gold Bikini, but I was already working, I wasn't yet working on Murder on My Mind, so this was, like, the project that I was working on in the meantime, so I wrote it for about a year, and I pivoted from memoir to fiction, because I had made myself a promise that one day I would write books for kids that were the bridge between, uh, like Big Nate or Diary of a Kid and, and Harry Potter. And Harry Potter, because right. they're really
2: my there kids isn't. were
0: avid readers, right. and I used to be a book buyer and a bookseller for Chapters, and right. the kids section was my area. So I knew that there was this massive collection of series for girls, right? But and like a little bit more advanced in chapter books, like Babysitter's Club and stuff like right. that. But for boys, there wasn't really a whole, like they don't want to read the Babysitter's Club, no. right? So I said, I, one day I will write the series.
1: Right.
0: So. she said write
1: the series? So is write the series the first yes. in?
0: So, so Shift is the first. Book two is called Flow. And that comes out next year. That's already. For you. yeah. So and book three, I probably won't start until sometime next year. So how
1: many uh, do you want there to be in total?
0: You know what? I planned out six, but wow. yeah, but I'll, we'll see. I I for sure feel good about three. Six might be a stretch. The challenge with series is you have to age your character slowly, <laughs> right? Right. right so them young. Yeah, and and um. It's difficult to write a science book for kids with things rapidly changing. Right. So, um, you know, it's kind of funny. When I was writing Shift, uh, I was sharing some pages with my kids.
1: Right. That's what I wanted to to get.
0: Yeah. To get their feedback on it. And um, I had written a chapter about uh, a volcano erupting, actually Mount Kilauea. And about two weeks after I wrote the chapter, Mount Kilauea did erupt. You
1: manifested that?
0: (laughs) I guess so. But like, it kind (laughs) of happened like throughout the book with a lot of these environmental um, incidents, they were like happening in real life. And my younger son, I think he was, he's 17 now, so he was probably 13 or 14 at the time, oh, wow. 13 at the time. Right. And he said, Mom, can you just like write about like unicorns and rainbows for a while? Exactly. Please? You're
1: scaring me. You're scaring yeah. me. You're so powerful, right? The power of a mother,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. So,
1: um, yeah. So, how do so you, uh, so then for shift in particular, the difference between fiction and memoir, you're doing research, right? I mean, yes. like, do you have a scientific background or are you Googling? Um, are you interested in
0: science? So I was not a science kid at school. Right. Uh, Part of that was just um, uh, so let me actually back up. I was a science interested kid when I was about 10 years old, 10 or 11. And uh, I remember my mother used to take me to this Saturday class. I wrote about this in The Girl at Golby Key. She took me to the Saturday science class. And I couldn't, uh, i couldn't dissect the animals because i'm an animal lover and that just is like so it is hard for gross me regardless. it is gross yeah. yeah so and the 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 teacher of the class was kind of dismissive dismissive of that i mean it was like 1980 or 81 right. and that kind of made my love for science fizzle out and back then yeah. any in any event girls we were not encouraged to pursue science right it was sort of like it's okay you're a girl you don't have to worry about science kind of thing so this is your revenge a little bit you get i guess do it again yeah i guess it is so i never really pursued it um and then when i became an adult like when i thought okay i'm gonna write this book it was like all these connections started happening that Oh, I do get science. I do understand it. It's not so mysterious. It's like everywhere in the world around us. Like I, I'm, I'm a big baker, and baking is chemistry.
1: A hundred percent, it is yeah. baking. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I love to cook, and I'm a pretty good cook, but baking I struggle with because it is exact. It's measurements, yes. right? You, you can't just say, oh, I'll throw in a little of this, a little. You can. Right it's not going to turn out the same every time. And I have the honey cakes to prove it that have like completely sunk in. Yeah. So So what's the biggest difference then between writing fiction and
0: memoir? Like which one is, is harder maybe, or. Fiction is harder for Mm -hmm. sure. For me, fiction is harder because you're really building a story from nothing. And uh, there, I think with shift, I had, 12 11 or 12 drafts before oh my, it was it lot. was ready yeah and that's typical of of fiction right. um you know i've learned that your first draft is it's just your pardon my language your shitty first draft and we're, it's we're just grown like, up we're grown yeah. up ladies here you can okay swear. that's good okay so <laughs> it's your shitty first draft that's the draft just for for me like can like outline it's my, almost it's, no it's actually a full manuscript but i just like i brain dump and everything that i think of i manifest or i i write down and i don't worry about does it make sense is it you know does it follow a pattern does it fit in the story is it good like i just get everything from here onto the uh software onto the computer draft two is when i start uh i i go at it with a hatchet and like oh yeah no this is this is not going to work. This is stupid. This doesn't make sense. Is that fun? Do you enjoy that? Or I actually like- do. And the reason I enjoy it is because once I've done the first draft, I, I print it at Staples. I make it all nice with the coil bound and the clear cover. Right. And I put it aside for six weeks. I don't look at it. Because it, when I go back to it, it's fresh for me. Right. And I've been away from it long enough that I can get excited about the great things I wrote. Right. So, yeah. So draft two, that's when I'm starting to like take out um, unnecessary things. I'm fine tuning. I'm, uh, you know, if I said her eyes were blue in one place, I'm paying attention to that. I said they were brown in another, like all those kinds of things. And then draft three is for my characters. So that's when I, by the time I'm getting to draft three, I'm really concentrating on knowing my characters. So like their mannerisms and their habits and the way that they speak so that their voices are totally unique in print.
1: So obviously in a, in a memoir, it's it's different because you're writing your experience and, and what has happened to you. Right. So you're not necessarily creating characters, but I mean, you're aware of them because these are people that you know and that you've had experiences with, which is a yeah. little awkward maybe, yeah. but then you're creating characters in fiction that did you know when you started writing Shift, you know, not beginning, middle and end, but the story you wanted to tell and how that particular book was going to end. And then how you did. Enter, isn't it? Okay, good.
0: Yeah, I did. Cause I do outline and, you know, I just want to back up to mm-hmm. uh, the big difference with, with memoir is the stories are already there. You just have to scrape your memory mm. for like the emotions associated with what happened and the conversations and the things Like the the stories are already present. You just need to bring them to life. Whereas with fiction, it's like blank slate.
1: But what you do so well with memoir. And again, it's, I don't know if I've actually ever read and like back to back, which I love, like three memoirs like (laughs) that were so complete. I loved it. I I, I think I liked it better than if it would have been like one book, right? Because I mean, there's like different time periods in your life also. But I felt after reading The Girl in the Gold Bikini, that I, I definitely knew who you were and I wanted to see where you were gonna go, what you were gonna do. And was it hard for you to revisit those memories or the ones that maybe that at the time were difficult or emotional memories, did you find them not as emotional? Like like were they easier looking back as an adult?
0: Some were, mm-hmm. um, there were a lot of surprises for me as I was writing where things I had forgotten about started to uh, come back into my brain and I would uh, dream about them and I would wake up and be like, Oh my God, I completely forgot that that happened. And another interesting thing that happens is um, because for me, writing is healing and writing is cathartic. And there were, there were stories that I wrote that really didn't add anything to the book and I pulled them out, um, you know, working with an editor certainly helps. And, um, she really helped me see, okay, so you're just, you're still really pissed off about this particular thing. So either you take it out or you find a way to, to deal with it and then maybe put it in. So it's hard to separate the, the, the deep emotions from what you want the reader to get out of the story.
1: And are you still like the girl in the gold bikini? Like, do you find, you know, like there's always that little girl inside of us. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes, right. To revisit.
0: Yep. And I feel she's come back now that I'm older and the story is out there, I feel.
1: Menopause.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. <So> much fun. <laughs> I I feel like she's, she, that that little 10-year-old who loved that gold bikini is come back and just you know i'm i'm doing what i need to do i'm making decisions that like a 10-year-old me would have made while i i want a donut so i'm having a donut right, right. like that kind of you know like i've said no to some uh opportunities because they didn't align with where i would like to spend my time now
2: right and that
0: that to me is the the little girl right it's like nope I'm not doing that but it's the
1: little girl speaking up which I
0: think is good exactly
1: have you heard from anyone that you meant you didn't ask have to ask permission to anyone like by the way can I share that story about camp or you know or that time that so did anybody reach out to you to say hey I read your book and like by the way that was not me or that did not happen
0: not at all. Not a Good. single person. Only one cousin. Yes. um only one cousin said to me that uh, another cousin of ours who uh, married into the family, she mm. was reading the book. and she kept calling this other cousin who is her sister-in-law and saying, did that really happen? Is that true? Did that really happen because she doesn't have the whole family history, oh, right? <laughs> yeah. but no. I never heard um, Uh, My ex sister-in-law read it and uh, we're still in touch, but she never, she never asked anything about um, her, my first husband who was her brother-in-law. Yeah. So I was really surprised that I didn't hear from anybody. I'm relieved. And
1: what about your immediate family? Like your, your husband and, and uh, your son's like, were there stories that maybe you thought you had shared with them that it was like, oh, I never told you about that time? Well, my husband knew a
0: lot of it already. Right. So it wasn't really um, a surprise to him. And, you know, he's my biggest cheerleader and he reads all, I don't let anybody read draft one or draft two. It's draft three that I will start sharing. So he he read it in the earliest days. Uh, when I wrote it, my my oldest was 13 and my youngest was 12 okay so my 13 year old we didn't know this um i always keep copies of books in my car yes. i'll tell you i'll tell you why after but he knew that there were books in my car and they were off to a ski uh, ski trip my husband and my two boys okay. and they were going away for the weekend to go skiing mm-hmm. And my son realized he forgot his book. And he's like, oh, mom has books in her car. And he read it at 13. (laughs) Oops, Oops. Yeah. So he did tell me when he came home that weekend, he's like, mom, I read your book. And I said, okay. And he said, I don't want any crap if I do any drugs ever
1: see that's what happened it's like what my experience is and what your experience there are two different things and i'm right. a mother and i did all that and i was lucky that's what yeah. i used to say to my kids i was lucky you might yeah. not be that lucky and drugs are different today that was that's my what i told thing. him
0: yeah, yeah right so I said, we, have, I...
1: we didn't have fentanyl back then we we didn't have these things no we didn't, we didn't have them. internet exactly <laughs> right? we didn't have facebook yeah. thank god yeah. right yeah
0: exactly So, yeah, so he read it and my youngest one hasn't read it. And
1: no desire.
0: No, he's that kid. who's like, I don't need to know that kind of stuff about my mom. Right. Yeah.
1: But your husband, I mean, you talk about your husband a lot, like, you know, particularly, you know, in the menopause book. Yeah. Uh, Good on him. Right. I mean, I I think we need to, again, it's that sense of community that when you read something and you think, oh, my God, no, she didn't just go there. Yes, she did. And (laughs) like. (laughs) It's refreshing. I mean, I know Carol will weigh in at one point. I mean, there were times where I thought, oh, no, like I'm laughing out loud. I should not be laughing at this. Am I laughing at you? Am I laughing at myself? But, you know, it's it's fun. We were talking before about, you know, reading a memoir and writing a memoir. And, you know, sometimes we'll read a memoir and it's it's a little on the sad side. You know, something horrific happened to somebody. There's some sort of trauma you know, then they get through it. And then something inspiring happens. And that's it. And and that's kind of like the formula. And I'm getting a little memoired out in that sense. So it's it really is a pleasure and a delight to read something that is just fun, but well written, but fun. And was that your intent?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I wanted to write a memoir about menopause that was really open and candid. And okay, this is the insanity that I experienced. And um, I, I deal with things with humor. So I had to uh, write that way as, as well. And it was 100% intentional to make it um funny because it's a ridiculous time in our life. Like we're completely unstable, irrational, and all those crazy things that happen. Like we totally lose control of our body again as Albert wasn't enough. And like yeah. you said, murder
1: on my mind. Because yeah. you know, it's like you know, I could say, I mean, COVID made things much worse, but like, you know, my husband would say to me, you know, what? I'm like, what is that noise that you're making? You're just sighing. He's like, yeah. I'm breathing. I'm like. Well, you should do it somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. And I can tell you right now, he's in the other room. The air conditioning is on my face is red. I'm wearing, you know, very little clothes. If I walked into the other room, he will be in um, a hoodie, sweatpants, socks, slippers with a blanket wrapped around him and he'll say, feel my nose. And (laughs) I feel my nose, like, you know, and it's the same thing in bed. And I said, this is never going to change. I don't see it ever changing. That's just the way it is. I don't think men could handle it. Do you think men can handle it? Even though it's called men OPAs,
0: right? No, no, absolutely. No, no, they couldn't.
1: No, it's, uh, I mean, your husband's pretty good. I mean, again, he's, he's used to you, right? So he's lived through many different variations. Um, Did you get any flack? Did you get any negative response to any of your books?
0: Um, Not really. Uh, Well, my husband, when he read uh, the third draft of Murder on My Mind, his comment was, how come you didn't tell me any of this was going on? Like, he was super upset that that I hadn't shared any of that. Can't you read my mind? (laughs) I know, right? But it never occurred to me to to talk to him about it it's just it's not that I was embarrassed or trying to hide it I just I was just like okay well I I have to wash the sheets again because I sweat all night don't you know I mean I'm not being in the bed the bed is so wet because I'm melting I mean yeah and I just did it and I never I haven't received any negative um I mean you get the odd review that's you know, whatever. But uh, uh, for me, it was most shocking was the when the girl in the gold bikini came out and the emails that people would send through my website, um, Mm -hmm. women who I did not know saying, you know, you told my story, like, it's so, I'm so relieved to see in print that I'm not the only one who had to deal with this. And I'm not the only one who doesn't have a fantastic relationship with my mother, which is a whole big can of worms, right? How did she so, respond or react? Because okay, you mentioned so, her,
1: you know, in in every book. So which yeah, I love.
0: So okay. <laughs> I did not tell my mother I was writing the book. Of I did not that. tell my father I was writing the book. I would be terrified. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> say a word when it was published. I didn't say a word to either of them. Right. It never occurred to me to think, Oi. My cousins are gonna say something. That's <laughs> and right. They did. They, wow. you know, when the book came out and there was like um, my family in Toronto, they get together for brunch almost every Sunday. Right. And one of my cousins was like, muzzle tub on Dana's book. And my mother says, What disturb her? Shit, disturber. Shit yeah. disturber, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh my mother was um I was nervous when she called. I I waited for the call for months and months and months.
2: Right. And months. then she
0: finally, wow. yeah, it took probably about three months after publication before she found out about it. And then I said, I'll send you the book. So I sent her the book, and then I'm on like the whole time oh, like, God. how's she going to take it? What's this going to do to our already crappy relationship? Right. But in the true narcissist fashion, oh, she geez. did not see her own behavior reflected. Like, she was like that. But- she- she just didn't comment on it at all she the only thing she said she said two things to me she says i want to tell you you made a mistake of about course. uh cuz i had said i had gone to my bubbi Achved's house like every friday and she said it wasn't every friday right cuz that's that important. Was one right. and number two she says i always knew you were a good writer and it took you so long to to put out a book Isn't
2: that amazing uh,
0: yeah, like that was thinking,
1: all. but what about all the other stuff I said
0: like yeah you're okay yeah.
1: with that
0: yeah so no um no apologies no reconciliation and on the interesting half, my dad he only found out uh <laughs> oh God this is actually kind of funny. so I hope so we're in September <laughs> no it is so in February. March, February, March. I'm talking to my dad. We talk every week. And he says, you know, Dane, he says, I remember you telling me once a long time ago that you were working on a book or something. Did anything ever come of that? And without thinking, and I said, yeah, I wrote three. And he said, what? I said, oh, and in my head, I'm going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what did you do? And he says, oh, where can I go buy them? What a mensch. A right?
1: bookstore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So my dad, my dad has no computer. He's never touched a computer in his life.
1: Oh wow. Like
0: for real. For real. No, he has one of those booby phones, the Zady phones, the flip phone, right? Doesn't okay. have a smartphone. My dad did too. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't have a computer, has never had an email address. Wow. Like never. So I said, I'll just send you the books.
1: Right.
0: So I sent him the books, and my dad's not a big reader. <laughs> I said to my husband, "I'm not even worried. He's not even going to crack them open, <laughs> right? They're just going to sit on the shelf." But he did crack them open, and he start he started with the girl in the gold bikini. And as he's reading it, he's calling and leaving me messages, oh, saying, i I'm, I'm I'm very sorry for what you had to go through. I'm very sorry that I wasn't there for you. Like all these.
1: Like, How did that make you feel? Like,
0: oh my God! I was like, I felt." So, not heartbroken, not relieved. I was just like, "Wow!" Like that. I, that's what I. That's all I ever wanted. I just wanted them to say, "You know what? We screwed up. We're take, sorry." Take
1: a little ownership,
0: right? right.
1: You're you're right. here. You're fine. You wrote yeah. about it, but like, yeah.
0: and look he's what just you guys like. Did all the time, like for probably three weeks, he was calling as he was going through the book. Oh, I'm so, I'm really sorry you had to deal with that. Oh, and it was it was absolutely incredible. So he read that he started to read spent. Right. He's gonna wait Still for better. <laughs> for the menopause book because, you know, <laughs> oh, no, right. And right. I just I sent him um, shift last week. Uh, he'll be so
1: relieved is there a shift i mean uh, are any of the characters
0: in shift based on no uh, complete inventions complete yeah so you know he my dad uh, when we spoke a couple weeks ago he said to me he said i want to tell you something he said i haven't picked up a book for 65 years but your books are making me a reader again and that's what made me ball my eyes out that is the greatest compliment ever yeah. right yeah.
1: i mean and and good on him and wow that's yeah. so your mother your father you kind of you know somewhere you know you put yeah. them both together right and it, it, yeah. it's good enough it's it's more than good enough yeah it's and, perfect and it's not stopping you from writing and it's not stopping you from no. storytelling no, and no. you survived it as you survived growing up with your mother and your father. Um, Yeah, I mean, there were so many times, like I remember thinking in The Girl in the Gold Bikini, oh my God, I mean, I have, you know, not similar stories, but my own stories. I thought I could never put that on paper, be brave enough to share that. You know, I'd have to change a lot, but I've realized also from chatting with other um, authors who have written memoirs or stories like that, that yes, sometimes when the person you're talking about in your mind, they play such a big part and whatever they've done to you is, is so large, when that particular person reads it, they don't see it with the same lens that no. you wrote it. In fact, like there there was, I think it was Anne Lamott uh, who wrote Bird by Bird and mm-hmm. other things that wrote something once about, um, she had written about somebody maybe a boss or, or a coworker and this person, you know, was a real bitch and all of these horrible things. And when the person read it, they said, you know, I recognize myself, but I'm not that tall. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they thought also, um, they said, you know, she really is a strong woman. So what the writer had written as a negative, perhaps the person that it was written about took it as a positive. Oh, like, you, you know, you're describing like this bitch, I think this person's strong and, and and forthright. And so, you know, maybe we worry about writing things a certain way, but in actuality, I mean, the reader interprets it how they want. Yes, absolutely. You have to tell your stories. Um, you also write on Substack. Substack? Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Because obviously you love to write, can you tell us a little bit about Substack and also how we can access it? And and because I subscribe to your newsletter, I get everything in, but you can Thank share it maybe with us.
0: So Substack, um, I just I I had a Patreon, which is kind of similar, um, but Patreon is geared more towards um, like art, like uh, video creators right. there. And it wasn't really, it didn't feel like the right platform for me. So when I heard about Substack, I heard about it from an, a fellow author who uh, had been on Patreon and he had a huge following and he was making great money from that platform and Substack when they were launching said, you come to us, we'll pay you, you come to us. Oh, So, and it worked out because he started talking about it and he loved the platform. So it's essentially, it's a newsletter platform where every Sunday morning I deliver content to my subscribers. And it's just, um, it's vignettes from from my life it's like the crazy things that happen in my brain or it's like uh, a blog
1: but better i think because right
0: it's delivered to you like we
1: don't have to that's where i think it's the the magic is is that we don't have to go look for it it comes to us and we're lazy right so i yes. mean so if you receive it in your right. inbox yeah. you're gonna read it
0: i don't want nobody wants to like click a link to go somewhere else it's it's enough already sometimes right? right so that's what i loved about like patreon you have to go to the patreon right. site to see the content but with Substack, i can send out an email so there's the free version which everybody gets and then right. there's the subscribed version for um it's either five dollars a month or 50 bucks a year whatever you want to spend and that gets you access to things that i won't share the
1: personal stuff. um
0: Yeah. Like the real dirty uh, stuff. Yeah. Like there's, there were a couple of posts about um, the things that really get under my skin that uh, I know if I put out there publicly, I'll get slayed for. So I I just keep it on the, on the QT. Uh, And also there are um, there will be actually, whoops, sorry. My speaker just went cuckoo. Um, Okay. Can you still? Yeah, we can hold on. see.
1: We can hear you.
0: Okay, great. Um, so I also am starting to drip in um excerpts from, shift. Either no, not from shift, but from uh the next memoir that I'm going to be starting, and I have already shared a couple of chapters for that and um, other stories that I'm um, not sending out into the world um so, so let me
1: ask you something about that yeah. how do you protect or okay two questions number one um how do you get subscribers how do like how do you find your audience first of all and then the second question how do you protect whether um it's it's private or not so like you said if it's for a select audience that that are paying like subscribers and you send out certain content how do you know that they're not going to take that content and send it out somewhere else like is it protected in some way or
0: okay so the first part of that of the first question about how do I find subscribers is that Substack will share content with other Substack writers okay. um and I get a, quite a few random subscribers who have seen uh one of my pieces on Substack okay uh and also like you know uh Some uh, recommendations from friends, um, Mm -hmm. other subscribers will recommend it. And to answer your question about how do I know it's not being shared? I don't know. And I honestly don't really care. So that
1: is just what what you're you're choosing to release into a smaller group. That's just in your mind. Um, You're just you're keeping it a little bit more private. But,
0: you know, you're you can't. I trust that the subscribers wouldn't like wouldn't share it like you know it's one thing to share your Netflix password while well, those days are over but like it's one I thing understand. to share your Netflix account so somebody else can access it and watch but when you're paying uh, like a subscription fee I find that those people are less inclined to disseminate it's like being
1: part stuff. of a club I mean right. it, yes yeah. I think that there's a little bit maybe more respect that goes with it or should be anyway yeah so, um, would you, so is this your full time job? Is writing your full time job
0: now? It's getting there. So yeah, so I I have like I have two part time jobs right now. So um, what I and do the podcast? Yeah, well uh, the podcast. Yeah, there's no income in the podcast. That's fine. It's a passion project, Thank and you. um, I I earn income as a legal videographer. So what that means is if you're in a car accident, let's say, and, or you're in Walmart and a fixture falls on you and Mm -hmm. you sue the other party, when when you're in litigation, the people that you're suing, their lawyers will send you to see their preferred doctors. So I'm in the room with their, with, with defense um, medical professionals recording the appointment for your lawyer. Ooh, that sounds yeah. like
1: a well, book also. You must yeah. be
0: privy to a lot of interesting I am.
1: conversations
0: and I, I am. And a part of that is um also filming depositions. So yeah. I confessions I,
1: of a videographer, what you don't necessarily see in here. The yeah, secret some, tapes. The secret tapes. There's been tapes.
0: some really interesting, like big cases that um, you know, I got to sit in on. Uh, one was like a it was a. I can talk about it because it's in public record. But it was a semi truck that took out part of a bridge in Washington State, mm. and a couple of cars um, uh, fell into the river. Oh my so God. the drive, the drivers of the cars that fell into the river, were suing the trucking company, as was the Washington State um department of transportation Mm -hmm. were also suing the trucking company for damage to the bridge so yeah it was super interesting there were i think 12 or 13 lawyers in the room like big case like
1: how time how time consuming is
0: that job oh it's well that particular deposition we went we, we questioned two witnesses for five days Oh wow! So it was it was a long a long haul, and the um, state attorney for the uh, state of Washington on one break pulled me over and said, "Do you think we'll win if we go to jury? Do you think sure. we'll or if we go to court? Do you think we'll win?" And I said, "I don't know, but if you put that man on the stand, you will lose because he is charismatic and convincing, right?" So. Anybody yeah. ever
1: tell you stop recording? Put your finger over like that. No, nope.
0: they're not allowed to, right? Do they supply with, They supply you with the equipment as well. No, that's no. I ha- I provide the equipment. Oh,
1: interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, so that's one of your part-time jobs, and the yes. other one is
0: is the writing.
1: Is the writing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're busy all day, right? I mean, how do you have time yeah. to like go climb mountains and uh, <laughs> do science experiments and and you know what? Cookies?
0: I'm up at five o'clock every morning. How is that possible? That I, I don't you know,
1: understand writers that I hear get up at five in the morning. That's why I'm not a writer. I just oh you know myself, let me,
0: my brain working. Let that. me tell you, from May to October, it's so easy
1: because it's later. out.
0: Because right. it's light and it's summer, and up here in Calgary in the summer we you have light until ten days. o'clock at night. So right. like our right. summer days are very long. Now I get up. It's like dark at five o'clock in the morning. It's harder. But I do it because I I started doing it because it was the only time I could have to myself before... My kids got up and needed to have breakfast. I needed to make lunches. I needed to drive them to school and et cetera, et cetera. That's what Karma
1: Brown told us, right? I mean, it was four and a half percent or whatever. Yeah. Um, I I don't even remember because I think I zoned out at that point when she said she also gets up at like four o'clock or five o'clock because that's the time that she can have for herself. Yeah.
2: You only have three weeks of summer, though. (laughs) I've spent a lot of time in Calgary.
0: (laughs) so i think we have it's getting harder yeah but um and then by the time my kids were older and didn't need mom so much anymore it was already a habit right so yeah i I mean not every five o'clock session is productive sometimes from like five to Six, I'm working on uh, Wordle and Connections.
1: First thing I do when I wake up in the morning, when my brain is not there and I think, yeah. okay, if I, if I get it in three, I'm starting my day off good. If I don't get it or I get it in five, and, and, and it's just become something that I do now with my mother. Um, okay, we're going to finish up with, I'm going to open up the floor for any questions. Okay. If there aren't any, I'm going to throw out a few because there's a, still a few more things that I want to ask. Um, If anybody has a question, please raise their hand and I will question or comment. There we go, Carol. Jump in.
2: Hi. hi. So I read your books. I like grew up the same. I know where Goldfinch is. My grandfather founded. He was one of the founders of Bialik. I went to Associated. I get you. (laughs) So when I read the menopause one third. So first, when I was reading it, and I read them right in a row, and I loved you them. Too. But first, when I was reading the menopause one, I thought, I don't want men to read this because it looks like women can't function in the workplace. And that's not true. We hold it until we get home. And then we yell, explode. Like, I have said to my husband, every word out of your mouth is on my last nerve. So just don't talk. I know it's me. <laughs> Just don't talk. Yeah. And they go, (laughs) but, but, but it's like, no. (laughs) No, no. So he just, he, it's over 40 years. He just goes to the other room. I can't, I can't even listen to your voice. I know I'm no picnic either. But then I don't remember what happened because I have a terrible memory. And I've read about 10 books since then. I was laughing by myself and I thought, ah, screw the men who read this. This is just funny. It was hysterical. Time. Yeah,
0: My husband tells all his Ben friends to go and get this book. Because he says, it will be like your survival manual when your I, wife is going through it.
1: It but, is. It's like a dictionary. It's like, yeah. what is menopause? And as I said, men, M-E-N. I mean, it's yeah.
2: stupid to begin with, right? Just, yeah. Yeah. How many times have you said... You can put on more clothes. I can't take off anymore. Yeah.
1: I say if I, if I would my skin and take it off, I would. I can't. So I still I sleep
2: with a fan. I'm way past menopause now. Yeah. I still sleep with a fan and an air conditioner.
1: I have the air blowing on me. I sleep completely naked with a sheet. And my husband will say every now and then, I woke up in the morning, you had all the duvet, you threw
0: it yeah. on top of me. I couldn't breathe. I'm like, oh, well, like, yeah, I'm I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. It's the, to whole, be the, the whole night, sheet off, sheet on, sheet off, sheet on, the whole night. And sheet, don't get it.
2: sheet on, one leg out. One yes, leg out. Exactly. That one leg is very, very important. That's yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Anyway, I, lo- I really enjoyed it. Thank you for Thank
1: writing it. You. Thank and you, it's Carol. great to read something and laugh out loud. Like, seriously, I mean, we can read things. Laugh not, out loud. I laugh don't... out loud.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anybody else a comment, question? I'm going to ask you in the meantime, while someone is thinking of something to ask, um, fiction, memoir, whatever, what are you reading right now? You know I need to know.
0: Okay, so I'm actually reading a book called uh, A History of Canada in 10 Maps which sounds awful yeah but yeah. it's great so the the gentleman's name i think it's adam sholes or adam schultz or something and why um, are you reading this okay this came recommended from somebody i know who said it was uh, it was an excellent and intriguing book it's and
1: not fiction. It's
0: it's, it's not. No, it's not. It's nonfiction. And I, to ask me what book I'm reading, it's like, okay, I'm picking one of three, but I I can talk about all three. I know you know, Karen. Yes, I so, do. <laughs> so, uh, it's it's it. Right in the very beginning of of the in the introduction, the author says, "This is not the PG thirteen version of Canadian history you learned in school," and it's not. There's a lot like it the, The premise of the book is 10 um, explorers who, right from the Vikings onward, who mapped out Canada and, you know, did terrible things and experienced terrible things as they were trying to figure out what this country looks like. And the big thing was everybody was looking for that passage to the West right right like so the vikings were just looking for new land to conquer and then from there it was cartier and champlain and they were looking for the passage to the west i feel like i'm
1: back in school again it's like i remember those
0: names right and i said so i kept telling my husband you need to read this book you need to read this book because my husband's like he loves history and he's like i already know and i'm like you don't know these things like this is so this this author wrote a book called Beyond the Trees where he did a solo voyage up to the Arctic Circle. Oh, And he is Canada's um explorer laureate. I didn't even know this was a thing. No, who knew? Right. So he right. knows his he knows the history, he knows the stories, but he's his... telling a
1: story. He's not just yeah. laying down facts. Right? Like he's yeah, he's you know,
0: yeah, he's he's talking about the relationships um <clears throat> between like you know the french explorers like champlain who came over and the uh, aboriginal people or the indigenous people like, it's it's really fascinating and i think i probably would have paid attention to history more if this book had existed what is it I called again school. a map it's called map? The, um, um the oh the history of canada in 10 maps oh okay yeah are there pictures there's pictures of the maps yes So, like, there's a Viking map that, it's not the original, but it was a copy that was made in, like, 1600s. There's Cartier's map.
1: Cartologist, I think. Is that someone that makes maps, maybe? Yeah. Cartologist?
0: So, yeah, there's uh, all 10 maps are are in the book.
1: Okay, I'm looking at a picture of it now. Just uh, Adam, I don't know if you can see, it's Adam Schultz. S-H-O-A-L-T-S.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: I'll investigate it. I'm not going to yeah. necessarily read that's it. i so investigate well. it. Very that's high cool. rating. Very yeah. high rating on Goodreads. 4.4 out of five. Okay. What else are you reading before we go
0: to um, show? With I am reading um, uh, "One of Us Is Lying," which is a young adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, is it a young adult book? I didn't it know. Is, that.
0: Well, all the characters are in high school, so oh, yeah, right, I, right, right. yeah, I'm pretty sure. And that's like my guilty pleasure at night as I'm trying to wind down yeah. um because you know we all have books that when you people who read multiple books have read multiple books for different, different moods and activities right sure. yep. so uh so yeah I'm starting to read that one and I think that's I've only got two on the go right now so which is unusual usually I have three
1: okay <laughs> Shelly Goodman
0: so I just wondered, has anybody ever compared your writing style or your humor style to that of Jan Arden? Oh, no,
1: I like that. No. And can, can you sing? <laughs> I
0: cannot.
2: Well, I she cannot. Jan yeah. Arden is,
0: a, is a comedian as
2: well. And uh, she, she uh, is. She and the you,
0: story is, yeah. it, it's quite humorous. So I just wondered if anyone made yeah, that it's, comparison. It's, It's interesting because, you know, the uh, six degrees of separation to Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have one degree of separation to Jan Arden. So somebody I'm friends with is good friends with Jan Arden. Oh, there you go. See? So, yeah. So I take that as a compliment because, yes, she's very funny. Mint is a compliment. (laughs) She's
1: very funny. I mean, she's also had um, a relation. She's talked a lot about her relationship with her mother, who I think has Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, and she's a fantastic singer. I mean, she does a duet, uh, one of my favorite songs with Jackson Brown. Um, yeah, oh, I, I love I, loved, it. I think yeah. that, oh, yeah. it's just, yeah. and she was amazing. She's yeah, amazing. and
0: her TV show, Jam, was yeah. funny as hell I, for the yeah. rest of my life I will if anybody has watched it for the rest of my life I will remember that episode where she got caught in that barbed wire and <laughs> was like twisting around and I couldn't stop laughing because a hundred percent that would be me <laughs> well I think when you
1: can poke fun at yourself I mean yeah. you know like laugh and the world laughs with you right I yeah. mean whether they're laughing at you it's my joke right that's right. kind of how I think those of us that are storytellers and like to think that we're funny as long as we're making the joke it's it's uh I don't know yeah anybody else question comment anybody else see I told you very shy you know afterwards they'll say oh she was wonderful she was I wasn't sure what to ask um okay I'm gonna ask you to I've got one more question so favorite books I mean I know you and I have had this conversation but favorite books like that you remember from either growing up or from the '70s or last week or whatever. Okay,
0: okay. So, oh, I have to give you a shout out. Okay, okay. You are gonna love this, Karen. Okay. So I remember that um, <clears throat> when we did our the interview for my podcast, yes. you had told me that one of the things you guys talked about was rereading the books that you read when you were a kid. Yes. Right. And I thought, oh my god, that's so brilliant. Well, so we talked actually... about it. We haven't done yeah. it, but we no. talked
1: about
0: it. Right. So I. I was thinking about it and thinking about it and I'm working on an adult novel, contemporary novel right now about four women over 50 um, <clears throat> who uh, realize they need to replenish their friends and they come together and they do kind of like all kinds of fun and crazy things. And one of the things they do is they decide to read a book that they read and they loved as a kid. So, so it has I
1: to be like like valley of the dolls or something. No,
0: so I did flowers in the attic and I actually mm-hmm. bought it. I and had it. I I took it up to the cash register and the lady looks at it and she says, oh. I haven't read that book in like 30, 40 years. And and everybody like, knows so? it. Yeah. Right? And I said, Do you think you could honor like the 1975 or 79 price? Because I think when I bought the mass market, it was probably like 225
1: Oh, for sure. And now it's like 1790,
0: 1790- DC Andrews, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And I, so I reread it as an adult, and holy moly is it, it a held different up? experience. No, well, it held up but it's way more disturbing as an adult of course,
1: because yes. all of a sudden you're realizing there's a lot of incest or is yeah. there what's like, this yeah. is my memory and I haven't reread it. Right. But, you know, the things that yeah. you remember when you're a teenager or in your twenties, even reading it. Right. And thinking, Oh, this is just, you know, like a creepy book there in the attic, but
0: no, it's a brother and a sister. Yes. And what's right? real, what was really interesting to me was, So I remember thinking like Christopher was like so lovely and romantic and he really loved her. And and I remember thinking Kathy was like annoying and whiny and like, and now rereading it as a 53 year old woman, Kathy was one heck of a feminist. Like I just, I experienced her way differently. And, you know, Christopher was the whiny, manipulative piece of garbage.
1: So, oh, I mean, it is interesting when we read, but I would like to go back and reread everything that Harold Robbins wrote. Just oh, yeah.
0: And right, Sydney yeah. Sheldon. Sel- yeah. <laughs>
1: um, you know, and Jacqueline Suzanne. And, you know, just those were the books also prolific authors that wrote you know 20 books so it's like i read harold robbins and then it was like oh wow i read uh you know the adventurers oh he also wrote the carpetbaggers and the betsy yeah. and like this is amazing i could just read every and i'm learning so much about places no i'm not it was all about the sex but yeah. they were great books so yeah interesting so that's yeah so
0: that that's a recent reread um one of my I, I don't keep a lot of the books that i buy um <laughs> i only keep the ones that really what uh, do you do with them? Complete. I put them in the little free library. Oh,
1: I love yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Too bad so, I don't live near you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they get some, and because I have a podcast, like Sunshine Nails. Has anyone read that one?
1: No, but I heard about. Okay. Of
0: a... Super fun book. Right. Set in Toronto. Kind of loved it. Oh, so, um, about Simon a Korean Schuster. Nail salon, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so okay. Simon Schuster sent me a copy. I had already read it. Like another pub, like the American publisher. Had sent me a copy. So I, I was like, oh, now I got two. Uh, you well, have no, the to let me know, the first copy was, was digital. People
1: send you books so they can yeah. send me books. You have to get me.
0: On that. I, I don't know how they find me. They just find me and then they send me emails and they say, we'd like to send you a pile of books. I'm like, okay. So when I slashed Sunshine Nails, so I ran it over to the Little Free Library and I'm like, somebody's going to be super happy to get that book. <laughs> it was like, maybe- it was not even out yet do everything to
1: put your name inside these books so like maybe they'll say because I love like when I get a book like or a used book and I see that someone's written in it but maybe if your name was in there they would google you and say oh my gosh she's an author and then it's another way to sort of you know
0: what that's a really interesting thing because uh one of the I take I read over 100 books a year as do you So I love it when I get a book from the library and I find relics of somebody Uh, else in there. I love shopping list. Right? uh, Yeah. Or like this card. Once I found a a beautiful hand-painted bookmark, it was like super detailed. And I thought, this is like, I asked my artist friends, like, do I try to find the person who had the book before me? Because this Mm. is like, hours and hours and hours of painting like it was long and there was like bookshelves and all the little books with the little titles and a cat and the light bulb it was so detailed and all my artist friends said no That's why we do these things. We put these things in the books so that the right person who will appreciate it will find it.
1: I love that. I should maybe put tiny ABC bookmarks in some of my library, nonchalantly when I return them and see what happens.
0: And and six years later, I still have that bookmark. I still love it. I used to
1: um, go to the library and a girlfriend of mine used to go all the time. And I I was very bad. I will admit it that I took very good care of my books, but for some reason I was this horrible person with library books, I would fold down the corners, I would eat, there'd be crumbs in my books. And I had a friend that read like a lot of the same books that I did. And I remember a new book would come out and she would call me and she would say, did you read such and such? And I would say, yes. How do you know? She said, there's (laughs) spaghetti sauce all (laughs) over this book. How dare you? And I know you did it. And I would say, whatever, but uh, I don't do that anymore, but I did. All right. One last question from anybody, if there is looking 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 okay well i'm going to ask you what else do i have here um last question any regrets for anything that you've shared in your books that you, you wish you could take back
0: no good no not a thing so it's it's truth it's my truth uh, writing writing the girl the gold bikinis just propelled me forward to even more healing so that I could write murder on my mind with like a clear head. And, you know, the, the success of the girl, the girl, the gold bikini actually supported me in pursuing writing a book about menopause that was so open and candid. Cause I was like, I, I'm not afraid to, to just let everybody know. And, you know, I had well, my baby. It
1: right? Yeah. I mean, you went from the girl in the gold bikini yeah. to, to sweating, right? And chin hairs <laughs> and, and you know, yeah. all of that stuff. So yeah, well, is there another memoir in your future?
0: Um, there possibly is one I've sort of laid the bones for um, a, a memoir that's tentatively titled Crushed. Um, with the subtitle of uh Love, Lust, Heartbreak and Infatuation. Stories of Love, Lust, Heartbreak and Infatuation. Your stories. My stories, yeah. Good so I, I I started it and then um b- I've pushed it aside for now because I need to concentrate. I've promised my agent that I will have a draft of this adult novel ready for her in January. So that's my singular focus. And also I was finishing um, a young adult novel that next week uh, we start sending out to publishers.
1: This is not part of shift. This is something no, this is
0: something entirely different.
1: Is there anything yeah. that you
0: don't do or write about? Or want, yeah. a
1: cookbook? A cookbook. He obviously doesn't sleep. She obviously doesn't sleep. And of course, I've been married so long. You said crushed. I thought it was about wine. I right? thought it was something to do with grapes, you know. So Yeah.
0: yeah. So I, I kind of put it aside. I will probably like when I have that six-week break after I finish the first draft of this adult novel, that's when I may try to tackle it, but I want to do it a bit differently than um the other memoirs. So I just finished reading. Of course the phone rings. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> of course. Um I it's my dad again. <laughs> oh. He's probably reading Shift. that's, oh. very,
1: that's <laughs> safer um, at least.
0: Yeah. I so I started reading, I sorry, I finished reading uh You Could Make This Place Beautiful, which is a memoir by Maggie Smith
1: oh beautiful Maggie Smith her name
0: is Maggie Smith she's a poet
1: oh so not the Maggie Smith the actress
0: no no Oh, okay no um and it's so beautifully written it's unlike any memoir I've ever read and I was about a third of the way through the book and I thought I I can do better with the next memoir than just like chronicling the story so like reading reading Maggie's memoir kind of um inspired it's almost me. like poetry
1: i'm looking at it now yeah. and it says let everything happen to you beauty and terror just keep going no feeling is final
0: yeah it's uh, honestly i cracked it open i don't know i must have might have been a saturday and i cracked it open just to have a peek and see I what this was stop. all about because I've been her. I did not stop till I finished that book. It was so beautiful, and I I can't tell you like details of her life, but it was yeah. it just it defies it. it defies explanation. Like it's just so gorgeously done.
1: But I love that you read something. And it influenced you and it's going to change or affect the way you write, which is I mean, mean, you're so versatile. And what I like, and I'm gonna end on this, is that you've got all these different books that are coming out. So you're gonna come back because we're gonna read them all. We're gonna read three at once, also too. We're gonna read shift, we're gonna and we're just going to continue to pick your brain and uh be a lot more well you'll see the next time you're with us you're going to be bombarded the hands are going to be up like me 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 i have a question um but sir i'm going to ask everyone to put their hands together one more time this is
0: oh, thank you. you
1: again um as we keep learning if you read a book by an author that you enjoy and you know after meeting that author and chatting with that author you feel even more strongly about the the, the book show your support by writing a review recommending the book talk it up with your reading friends get on substack read that newsletter <laughs> yeah. and listen to the podcast and just you know these are the things we love and without authors we'd have to watch tv and you know yeah. there's not that much on right now so
0: i know so if if you're interested in the substack the yes. the address is substack.com and it's spelled exactly as it sounds
1: s-u-b-s-t-a-c-k yeah
0: dot com slash um at dana goldstein okay i will i will put it up on um on our tiny abc
1: facebook page
0: that the stuff that comes out on sundays is it it will not be seen anywhere else because it's it's yeah it's just a
1: And I think the nice thing about that, I'm going to call it also like a palate cleanser, you know, for those of us that are reading books and reading a lot of books, it's nice to have this little palate cleanser instead of just, you know, reading a magazine or the newspaper, which they're all great too, but it's just short and sweet and and can be affecting and make you smile and laugh. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you again. And um, this is great. And thank everybody for tonight. So thank you
0: so much. This was super fun. Thank you, Karen. Well, Hi Phyllis. As I see
1: you. you. And yes, and Phyllis is there. <laughs> so we have two authors on board. Yes. Yeah. So yes, great. All right, thank everybody, you. have a great night. And I will see most of you next week, hopefully. Oh,
0: great <laughs> interview, Bye. Dana. Thank you. Shout out to to everyone who celebrates. Yes. Um, Shout out
1: Yes. A good and sweet year for everybody. You
0: bet. Bye. Great
1: night. Bye-bye.
0: Well, thanks again for tuning in for another year of What Were You Thinking? I'm super excited about 2024. I got some great, unique interviews lined up with books I think you're going to love and authors who will make you laugh and make you gasp and make you want to run out and buy their books. And if you're curious to follow along with my writing journey, subscribe to my free Substack newsletter. You can find it at substack.com slash at Dana Goldstein. Once again, thanks for giving me your ears and I wish you the very happiest of holidays and a wonderful new year. I will see you in January.